I speak tonight for the dignity of man and the destiny of Am I on? Am I on the air? I'm just double checking. To the best of my knowledge, at this point in time, ladies and gentlemen, you can now hear the sound of my voice. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, moms and dads, children of all ages. My name is Tony Visick. Your name is whatever you want it to be. And you are now listening to the first 2020 broad broadcast, broadcast of uh, this American podcast comedy edition coming to you live from the entertainment capital of Arizona, Maricopa, Arizona. My name is Tony Visick. I'm joined in studio this morning with my lovely bride, who is also my producer, and is the sole reason that this thing is even possible at this point in time, Shirley Lowe Visick. Let's give her a hand. There's a big hand for Shirley Lowe Visick. Uh, also in the room with us are our dogs, uh, Roscoe and Chica. Uh, Chica is brown, and she is what we like to consider eight pounds of fun, although I think she's put on a couple pounds in her later years. And Roscoe is, um, people ask me to describe Roscoe, I go, well, he's brown. They go, what kind of dog is he? And I go, friendly to me, mean to everyone else. They go, no, what kind of dog is he? And I go, well, he's uh, part lab and part, part pit. Mostly lab if you don't like pits. Mostly pit if you don't like labs. So that's who's in the room with us. And in just a few moments, we're gonna kick off with our inaugural interview of 2020 with none other than our old friend, Ernie Green. Ernie Green is one of the top promoters and producers here in the Valley of the Sun. He has a long-running show that has appeared at the Tempe Center of the Arts for a number of years now, um, usually called Ernie Green and Funny Friends, but tonight he has a special event for you, and it is uh, Green, Ramsey, and Graves. Green, Ramsey, and Graves. It's Ernie Green, Mike Ramsey, and Josh Graves. Three of the funniest people who will perform anywhere near a fake lake anywhere in America tonight. Uh, Tempe Center for the Arts, easy to get tickets. Go to ComedySchools.com. So yeah, so we took, uh, we took a couple months off. Uh, we have been doing this podcast, I almost want to say since 2015, but I can't really wrap my head around that it's been going on five years since we began this podcast, we were on the um, we were on regular radio AM and FM for a while. I was on, and uh, I got disgusted with that, and um, told Shirley, "I go look. I just want my own thing. I can do my own way. I don't care if one person listens or a thousand people listen, uh, or a hundred thousand people listen, or a hundred thousand million people listen. I want to do my own thing, my own way at this point in my life." And she said, "Okie dokie." And she disappeared into one of our adjoining bedrooms and came out a couple months later and said, you now have your own internet-based radio station. So here we are, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, by the way, if you're listening for the very first time, if you've stumbled upon us quite by accident, um, you should scroll through ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com. There's some fantastic interviews there uh, with many of the major comics touring today. A lot of the great local comics who um, many of them are 
just as good, if not better, than national touring comics. They just won't leave town. They just lack home. Uh, and also there's interviews with um, actors, authors, sound engineers, music people. It's all right there for you if you scroll through ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com. If you're interested in the creative process, uh, we try to gear our interviews towards that. And you might be able to pick up some tips and pointers from some of these interviews. Uh, I know that um, a lot of people think that I'm going to do, um, uh, that I'm going to do a lot of politics on the radio. I, a um, couple things. Uh, I said that we're broadcasting from uh, the entertain entertainment capital of Arizona, Maricopa, Arizona. And um, I can prove that by pointing out that within walking distance of my home, if you're willing to walk two miles, two and a half miles, uh, there's a casino where Dwight Yoakam played for free and also Fog Hat played for free. And that makes us the entertainment capital of Arizona or possibly the known universe. But uh, people ask me what kind of town Maricopa is, and I go, well, it's a great little town. It's an island in the desert. We're not really connected to anything at all. Uh, there's one road in and one road out if you're going to Phoenix, one road in, one road out if you're going to Casa Grande. And then another road that can take you out to Interstate 8 that will uh, more easily connect you to San Diego and, of course, the hot spot of Yuma. Uh, what kind of town is it? It's the kind of town where Democrats vote for Republicans. Republicans vote for Democrats. People are nice to your face and mean on the Internet. So, um, and once you get here, everybody's happy, but getting here is twice the fun because there's 60,000 people in a road that was built for farm wagons anyway that's what kind of town it is uh what kind of show is this um my uh, uh my interesting quandary it's not a quandary is that i'm probably one of the few liberal progressive democrats who has a lot of republican friends and even trump supporter friends so i decided to make it a point sometime back after getting over the initial shock of the uh, last presidential election and let's face it it wasn't just a shock for me it was a shock for the guy who won he was more surprised than anybody that he had become president of the United States. I decided I didn't want to alienate my friends, my neighbors, my pals, my buddies, uh, no matter if they are Democrat, independent, or Republican. So we kind of pull back from politics a little bit here. We used to do a lot of it on Facebook. A lot of it on Facebook. But you're smart. You're intelligent. You're a critical thinker. That's who you are if you're listening to the show. All right? And here's the only suggestion I'm going to make to you. Um, drink heavily. No, that's, that's not the suggestion. Uh, shoot intravenous drugs. No, that's, that's, not, that, that's not the suggestion either. The suggestion is if you um, are a uh, liberal progressive like me, take the time to read and view what the hard right, the alt-right, conservative media uh, what they're uh, saying and what they're uh, and what they're printing, and the same thing if you're a hardcore conservative or Republican. Know this: know that the great majority of people that you meet, no matter what their political stripe or religion, that they're just trying to do what they think is best, and that goes from the way that they uh, from the way they walk to the mailbox all the way up to who they vote for to run the country. They're trying to do what they think is best. And a little advice on that regard. If you're voting for someone because they're going to stop someone from doing something else, 
If you say, I'm going to vote for this person because they won't let anybody in the country, that's not a reason to vote for someone. If you're going to vote for someone because they go, well, if I vote for them, then everything that I want will be free. If I, or no, that, that wouldn't be the good, uh, that wouldn't be the good, um, um, that wouldn't be the good example. If you go, I'm going to vote for this person because they're going to tax all the rich people and there won't be any rich people. That's not a good reason. Vote for who's going to do best for everyone. Who's going to do best for the country, for your family, for you. So I, one of the cool things about living in this little town is this little town, when I moved here, there was only a couple thousand people here. It was always designated to be much larger. For a while, we didn't think that was going to happen during the recession, but now there's 60,000 people. And kind of what you've got out here is everyone working together to solve local problems. Everyone's working together to solve local problems. That's what we're doing. Okay? And maybe that's something we all should take a look at. Anyway, enough of that crap. <laughs> all right. In one minute. Oh, look at this. I just got a message. Uh, time to refill, refill four prescriptions. That's life at 64. All right. Call in right now, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get to the comedy portion of it. Mr. Ernie Green. We can see if we can pick him up. Ernie? Hello, sir. How are you? Good, good, good. Let me, uh, let me do something here. Uh, I just want to make sure I've got you. Say it again. Say it again. Say hello. Hello, sir. How are you? Good, good, good. You're sounding a little muted. Are you calling me from uh, a payphone in Times Square? I, I am definitely calling you from a payphone in Times Square. Does it sound better now? It sounds a little better now. It sound, You know what? It sounds... Uh, uh, let me check with the production staff. How's... He said it sounds better. You sound, matter of well, fact, hold you, on, here, I, Tony. I'm in, I'm in my car right now. I'm just sitting in my car. What I will do is I will leave my car. Does this sound better? I'm no longer. I'm, I'm in open space now. I'm in. I'm in all Scottsdale. I'm all glory. Can you hear me better now? Surely? Yeah. You know. You know what you should probably do is you should probably find a, a pool of deep water. Okay. And, and jump into there and then try to talk from like the bottom. You know, so, sometimes when I talk to my clients, I feel like I am doing that. <laughs> all right we've we've got you ernie we got you fine now we're just happy as hogs to have you here on the radio this is our inaugural inaugural 2020 podcast i don't know if you know this ernie but uh after doing this for we're trying to figure out if we've been doing it for five years now the podcast um that uh we took a three-month break and this is our inaugural podcast coming in from the break end of 2020 and you are our initial uh guest so welcome Thank you. I, I feel honored. I, I, I want to thank the, there's so many people I want to thank. I want to thank the, the uh, Roman calendar for that, first off, because it wasn't for that and all this fun, this would be possible. And I think that's about it, actually. That's all I want to thank. Would it be the, isn't the, isn't the proper name the Julian calendar? Perhaps. You, you would definitely know this more than I would, but either way, if it, it, either way, this could be any other time. It could be like, you know, it could be March. On some other calendar, like the, the, the Chinese New Year's coming up, you know, yeah. there would be nothing in the Chinese calendar. So, this, what, this particular with the calendar, Chinese anyway? How come they wouldn't get on the ball with everybody? And, and you know, and we're good. We, you know that in Russia at one time that um, all the clocks were set to Moscow time. So even if it was, if you were lived in Siberia and it was the middle of the night, it would say it was like noon because they centralized all the time. I I, I can't imagine why that why that failed. No, no. I mean, they're, they're, you know, that's not a microcosm of why the Soviet Union failed. I don't know what is. Yeah, yeah you know, there's, there's one of the many reasons. But, and also, we spent them to death. And we'd build a bomb, they'd build a bomb. We had more bomb money. 
definitely had more bomb money. Yeah, the, 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 the arms race was a way to drain them of funds. I'm going to tell you one thing. You know, you could say what you want about America, and I love this country. But I tell you what, we can out we can out bomb spend anybody. That, you know that that's not a that's not a, a word that's a, that's not nomenclature that's used in everyday society, but it should be. Bomb spend. Bomb spend. Bomb spend. Uh, yes, exactly. Bomb I tell you spend. what's not going to bomb tonight. I tell you what's not going to bomb at all tonight, and it's going to take place at 7.30 at the fabulous Tempe Center for the Arts, and that is uh, your show, uh, Green, Ramsey, and Graves. Absolutely, man. I can't wait for it. It's going to be a good time. The, 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 good, the, the really, really neat thing about this show is that Josh, Mike, and myself, we started in the same stand-up, beginner to stand-up comedy class, in May of 2011 together, we're kind of like the soul, you know, we always joke around, I see Josh and them, that we're the sole survivors from that class. You know, a lot of times, you've done this for how many, 20-some years, and, you know, you might get one person that sticks in the class, maybe two, but they have three people that stuck from the same class and are still doing stand-up, you know, nine years later. It's really cool. We've become friends over the years, and Mike and I have been friends for a long time, but for, for me, it's just a really cool thing to do with them because we're, you know, we, we started off literally at the same time. So it's something that's really, really special to me. Well, yeah, yeah and, that, and that's that's uh, um, that's that's really cool. The other thing is just to kind of point out what some of you guys have done is um, uh, Mike Ramsey has become uh, uh, quite the writer. I mean, as far as uh, one-liners and zingers that are dark and edgy yet funny, uh, there's few that compare to him, you know? So, uh, and he's also every year now, um, kind of like through osmosis, not not on purpose, but has become uh, in August when we do our roast. He's become the roast master. He puts the shows together, and that that guy can roast. That guy can roast. Uh, he could roast an ice cube. I tell you that right now. He can roast an ice cube. The funny thing was, so you know, there don't there's some videos online of Mike's been putting together roasts since I've known him. Like literally, like I think we did a roast of him in 2006 at our at our my old house, we, 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 roast, we used to roast somebody like once a year. So yeah. roast is one of my favorite things. It's also one of his favorite things, and he's really, really good at it. I mean, you know, he's very, very good at roast humor. you it's got, you got to be a special – you have to have, like, two good qualities of um, – to be a good, roast, like a good roast writer. You have to be a good writer, a good dark writer, and you also just not – just you have to have the ability to not care. People are never going to talk to you again. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, mean, I think you and I and several other people, um, that's one of our main attributes is that um, many people no longer talk to us. <laughs> now, let's I, I'm not sure about main, definitely best. <laughs> let's talk about Josh Graves, who has been around for a while. Who At one time, I told him I wouldn't book him anymore until he moved to Los Angeles. But then he didn't move to Los Angeles. And I go, well, there's no point not booking him because I think he's that talented and he should give it a shot. But He's uh, chosen to remain here in the city and um, is now one of the most sought-after guys. And tonight is, um, and I almost feel uh, uh, ashamed, as much as I would have the ability to feel ashamed, that we haven't uh, had him at the top of the bill on a show before uh, when we have had so many other people. But closing the show tonight will be Josh Graves, who is, in my mind's eye, and you know what it is? He is, um, he's, he's almost like a, you don't realize how funny he is and how hard you're laughing till about two, three, four minutes into his show. You're smiling and you're laughing. And then you go, well, this is one of the funniest guys I've seen. He just kind of sneaks up on you. You know, you know what? The, the, the Josh is pretty much like he's a very, very funny writer. And his comedy is kind of in the, uh, in the realm that, you know, Mike and I do. But the difference between him is like he's a genuinely like he's a genuinely like likable person, whereas Mike and I really are. 
So he has that going for him. Like you want you want to root for you don't want to root for Mike and I, but you want to root for Josh Curry because he's a nice guy. He really means well. He's a kind-hearted person, and you know you don't meet a lot of those people in stand-up comedy. I'll tell you that. I've never heard anybody say anything like that about Josh. Maybe we're talking about different people. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Are, are we talking about Josh Graves? Yeah, uh, yeah, Josh Graves. Oh, I thought we were talking about Josh Graves, the guy I met uh, in Old Town Scottsdale. My apologies. <laughs> now, and you uh, uh, not only are a very funny guy, but um, are one of the premier promoters in the city. And you've been, how many years now have you been uh, producing and promoting shows? Uh, well, my fir- the first Tony Green Funny Friend show, I believe, was the end of 2014, so five full years now, I'd say. Yeah, and your shows always have a great turnout, you know. And it's 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 gotten it's gotten more interesting in uh, Phoenix. You know, the there's always that uh, double edged sword of fortune that um, there are probably now uh, where they used to be. Even in 2014, there were a lot of shows in town. But since there, there's now f- five full-time stand-up comedy clubs, uh, several part-time stand-up comedy clubs, I mean, they just do it on the weekends and they're, you know, uh, smaller venues. There are uh, dozens and dozens of shows every night of the week, yet consistently throughout that time as the competition, and I don't use that in a negative way, uh, the competition has grown stiffer and larger you still have great turnouts for your shows. So if if you were going to tell people your secret to promoting shows, what do you think that might be? Um, I It's really easy. I just uh, ask funny people to come on the show with me and get out and stay out of their way. That's really all it is. You know, I, I always, um, someone, one of the, someone tried to give me advice when I first started out, my first 30 degree and 20 friend show. And it was, it was one of the worst, pieces of advice i ever gotten and i did not listen to it but they're like you never want to book someone that's if you're the headline you never want to book someone that's funnier than you and i never i never subscribed to that because i just want to put the best show together possible and if i'm the least funniest person on the show which actually happens more than i want to say but if i'm the least funniest person on the show i don't care for the headliner if you had that if you, if you put your ego aside and just put together the best possible show and then people people know when they hear ernie green and funny friends oh we're gonna have the best comics this is going to be a great show. All the all the all the comics mostly on these shows are either have been headliners or are soon to be headliners. Case in point, I just read today on the on the internet that DJ Payne's having his first headlining show, and he's been on several of my and he's been on several of our shows, and he's a very very funny guy. So that's what we want to do. We want to make sure that our shows are just top notch and have the best comics available. You know what? And over the years, because this has been uh, this has been a regular event. Uh, and a regular show, Ernie Green and Funny Friends. And you know what? And, and you know, it's not like, this, the title's not The Amazing, Stupendous, Wonderful, you know, and it's not the getting busy with it. It's none of that. It, it's a simple title, Ernie Green and Funny Friends. But people remember it. And what they remember is that when they went to an Ernie Green and Funny Friends show, that they had a great time. They had fun. And I think you and I have both have the same ethic when it comes to... Uh, promoting and producing stand-up comedy shows uh, a lot of you know i've seen a lot of pr- promoters crash and burn early on because they go well, okay well i need like a national headliner and they spend all their money and all their savings on a, a very funny national headliner but in a city where there are as many shows as as we have oftentimes that doesn't draw the amount of people you need to cover your expenses and they go broke like that, and I think you and I just go, what is the best show we can put together for an audience so an audience will have fun? And that's, that's what I want when I put together a comedy show. I want anybody who comes out 
to have a good time, to have fun, no matter who they are, what they think, how they feel, that they have a good time. And I think that you have the same uh, ethic. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And, that's, and, and, and absolutely, I mean, the one thing, if, if you have to put your ego aside on things like this, like, if I, you know, and like I said, I mean, the, the list of people that we've had on Ernie Green and Funny French Show that become headline, I mean, I could, I could name 20 or 30 off the top of my head. Michael Longfellow was on Conan. He was on the first 30 Green and Funny French Show. Yeah. Um, you know, John McGregory, obviously, Christopher Royer. I can go on and on. You know, Abadolf Goyle had a tr- tremendous, just had a tremendous turnout at his, his first ever um, headlining show. What was that, like November or so? He, he sure. took the place out. So we've had so many pe- funny people come through, and it's just, you know, I think people just know that if you're coming to Ernie Green and Funny Friends, you're going you're gonna to see somebody that you like and somebody you find funny. Hopefully you, hopefully you find everybody funny. You know, it, it hadn't occurred to me until you just said it, but it's true for a lot of these people. Uh, maybe they'd been doing a, you know, a workshop show or doing open mic shows. And, and uh, I oftentimes think that I was the first. But for many of these people, you were the first one to go, okay, I'm putting together a booked show that's going to be a, a sold ticket show. And I'm putting you on it and we're going to promote you. And that you uh, and, and the Ernie Green and Funny Friends shows have been the, uh, the first show that many of these people did where their name was out there as, uh, uh, you know, as, 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 a, as a viable act. And you just covered some of them. Of course, Michael Longfellow, who was on Conan and also was on NBC's, I think, Find the Funny, hosted by Jeff Foxworthy, tours all over the country. Uh, Christa, uh, Christopher Royer, who you mentioned his name in this city to anybody. Even people who are involved with stand-up comedy go, oh, yeah, we saw that guy. He's fantastic. You booked him, of course. Um, Jonathan Gregory, who is um, incredibly unique, stunningly funny, and now a national uh, touring uh, headlining act. You were the first one to put him on, um, put him on a, a promoted show like this. So you know what? My if I had a hat on, my hat would be off to you. Well, thank you. If you had a hat on, it would be your Clippers hat, though, right? It would be a Clippers hat. You, so. you know what? You're Whatever, absolutely right. right. And um, uh, we're gonna have to wrap up in a minute. But uh, the uh, one of the things that uh, has uh, that have made it so Ernie Green and I will always be friends, even if one day one of us moves to Madagascar, you know, and decides to start a fruit farm. Um, is that we are both long-term uh, Los Angeles Clippers fans, but you go all the way back because you were born and raised in Buffalo when they were the Buffalo Braves. Well, you know, so my, my story is this. So I, uh, yeah, so they were, they moved before I was born. My father was a big Buffalo Braves fan, Bob McAdoo, who was the league MVP, I think, in 1975. McAdoo! Two for McAdoo, yeah, that's, you know, Randy Smith, Ernie, you know, Ernie D. So there was a great, you know, and I actually grew up like a, uh, I liked the Utah Jazz growing up because I was a big Stockton and Malone fan. I just yeah. liked the, you know, the tandem offense and that. And then once they retired, I'm like, well, I don't really, I don't, I don't really like the Jazz because of the Jazz. I like the Jazz because of those two players. So I need to follow a team. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to go back to my roots. Like, you can't, like, when you, when you become a Los Angeles Clippers fan in 2002, no one's accusing you of jumping on the bandwagon. Trust me. Yeah, I know. That's, so, ra- that's around the time that, uh, uh, you know, I started going because my, my little girl had joined a uh, basketball league and I thought I should take her to an NBA game. But I couldn't afford Lakers tickets, and you—I was sitting in like the fifth row, paying like twenty bucks for uh, Clippers tickets. So right around that time, sure. Yeah. So no. So and you know, it's just kind of crazy. It, it's really weird this year because it's you know I'm a Buffalo sports fan, and that's all I need to say. So every every year it just ends in like disaster. It's really weird rooting for being from my background. It's really ro- weird rooting for a team with Kawhi Leonard on it because I feel like I'm cheating. Like, I'm doing something wrong. Like, I have, like, a cheat code or something playing a video game because he's that good. He's a killer. He, he, you know, he's uh, 
in the playoffs. He just, I mean, he's as good as he is in the regular season. He's that much better in the playoffs. So I remember watching the first game against the Lakers when they beat the Lakers. The Lakers can't beat the Clippers, by the way. Not that's either here nor there. They're still the second best team in Los Angeles. They can they can say whatever they want. Like everyone was like, "Are you fired up that the Clippers won on Christmas?" I'm like, "No, they've been the best team in LA for ten years. Like there's nothing nothing surprises me about that." But anyway, when you see Kawhi play, I just kind of feel like I'm I'm cheating on something as a sports fan because I've always been used to just like you know the debacle of the teams and Kawhi is just a man. Man, when he was with the Spurs, I remember. You know, when uh, during the uh, Blake Griffin, uh, Chris Paul era, and you're thinking, okay, they're going to be the dominant team in the West, you know, before uh, Steph Curry uh, went to, I don't know what he did, man. He, it's like he made a deal with uh, the devil or something, just became, you go, what, what happened? This guy is stunning. Uh, yeah. You know, became the best player in the NBA, in my estimation, in the last 10 years, Steph Curry. But watching San Antonio, which had been either the best team or one of the best teams, and going, all right, well, these guys are getting older. Parker's getting old. They're going to get old. They'll fade out. And then seeing this kid just run circles around everyone going, who's that? It's not fair that Pop found this guy, you know? So um, I had my eye on him, you know, since those days. Of course, he had that incredible thing in Toronto. But I am going – here's my here's always my issue is that um, I, I catch – I'm able to catch about three games a year in L.A., but it's always because of my schedule. I'm always there like on a Thursday night. And once again – in January, going to a Clippers game at Staples Center, and who am I going to see for about the 9,000th time? The goddamn Sacramento Kings. So um, The Queens. As Shaquille O'Neal would say, the Queens. I, it, I, I've seen that team play the Clippers more than any other team because for some reason they're a Thursday night game, and because of my schedule, uh, when I do uh, visit Los Angeles, I go in on a Wednesday, and then I'll go to a Thursday game. And it's always the Kings, but it's still the Clippers, still Staples Center. It's a great time. I want to thank you in advance, Ernie, because when the Clippers play the Suns February 26th um, in downtown Phoenix, I know that uh, because you've promised many times, and you never break a promise, it just takes you a while, that you're getting you and I center court Yes. Yeah. Well, it, if you recall, Tony, um, they played here in October, and I promised you, and you called them six. So I was ready to go. I, you I don't. I six. don't. You I can't don't. Blame that one on me. I don't recall. I don't recall that. I. I. I well, of course, you. I'm going to hang this. I'm going to hang this. Are you Ronald Reagan and the Iran Contra hearings right now, or what's going on? I don't know. We might have uh, Colonel North, Colonel South. I don't know. Um. No, I'm going to hang this. I'm going to hang that's this over your head. I'm going to hang this over your head till I'm eating a hot dog. Down at U.S. Airways Center, center court. I not even, not even when I'm eating a hot dog till I have. Like my daughter says, it's not a basketball game till my dad has mustard on his shirt. Until I'm sitting next to you with mustard on my shirt, I'm not letting you off. Fair enough. Fair enough, Tony. Fair enough. I, I appreciate that. But all right. That's, that's all good. All right. <laughs> all right, man. Well, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. But what I'm really looking forward to is. Uh, Seeing you and Mike Ramsey and Josh Graves. And who else is on the show tonight? I know Jim Bambro. Jim Bambro, Kerry Gallagher, um, hosted by Ethan Watkins, another guy, Ernie, yeah. another uh, veteran. Um, the, I'm trying to think who else is Greg Paul, the ever opinionated Greg Paul, which I, who I always like. Now, you, two should, you two should get into a room and just like, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you two in a room one day. I'm going to lock the door to see what happens. Well, you know, I don't know if you know this or not. I've known Greg Paul since 2001. He's a great, great guy. He's a great guy. And not only that, uh, a radio station in town gave he, him and I a one-night, one-shot deal. Liberal versus, um, well, he claims to be libertarian, 
And it ran one night, and they went, no way. So <laughs> we... By the way, do you, know what, do you know what libertarian means? Yeah, it means I'm Republican, but I don't want to get punched in the nose. Exactly. It's literally what, yeah, yeah, please, please, yeah. I don't want to be called out for Republican tendencies, but I'm... Yeah, exactly. I'm going to call myself libertarian. Greg Paul's a great guy. He is the news director at AM550 KFYI and a funny guy. You put together another stellar lineup. It's going to be a great show. Tickets are selling briskly. Uh, anyone out there listening, if you want to get tickets in advance, <coughs> if you don't want to get caught with the outside shot that um, you'll get down there and it's sold out, uh, I urge you to get them in advance. Uh, call uh, 480-350-2822. That's 480 480- Three five zero two eight two two, or go down to the box office. They're box up and now. If you want to buy them online, just go to comedyschools.com. Click the Tempe Center for the Arts link. It'll take you right to that page. And uh, remember, two bucks off of any ticket at Tempe Center of the Arts. We use the longest running promo code in the greater Phoenix area, and that promo code is Tony. Tony, use promo code Tony and save two dollars. No drink minimum. No extra hidden fees. Ladies and gentlemen, come on down and see my good friend, Ernie Green, when he puts on his annual January show. You are always the show we kick off the year with, Ernie Green and Funny Friends. Ernie, thank you for calling in, sir. Tony, thank you for having me, my friend, and I'll see you tonight, and I'll, hear, I'll see everybody else tonight. Uh, thank you very much. All right, pal. Bye-bye. That's it. Bye. You know, he does one of the best interviews on uh, uh, of all the interviews that we do, man. This guy, uh, not only is his comedy funny, Huh? He works hard. He's um. You know what? I, I we're gonna start letting, calling Ernie Green the James Brown of Phoenix comedy. He's the hardest working man in show business. That was a great interview. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to that. Listen, I'm not gonna blather on real long today. Um, we're just coming back. We've got a full day, and of course, uh, I have to. You know, I'm gonna have to primp up. You know, at my age. At my age, if you're gonna leave the house, it takes a little extra effort. You know, I gotta. Uh, put in the contacts, put on the wig, put in the teeth, put the lifts in my shoes, put the girdle on <laughs> so, <laughs> so that I can get out there and uh, still sashay with the youngsters. Uh, I know, you know, uh, <laughs> it is definitely time to go. Uh, we have a chair and uh, right under an ottoman, we're sure. And she just laid down. She goes, but you know what? I'm done. I'm done with this show. So this is our inaugural show. Hey, just real quick. Uh, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your pals. If you're interested in doing stand-up comedy, learning about stand-up comedy, looking for something fun to do on Monday nights, this coming Monday, January 13th, is the free audit of our now long-running, almost 20 years in the Valley of the Sun, uh, comedy schools, uh, schools.com, um, free audit of our comedy workshop. We started in June, in this city, June of 2001. I think I'd started in San Diego before that and then headed over here. So close to 20 years in the Valley of the Sun, we have had a comedy workshop that has seen people go from their very first class to national television. If you want to know what the hubbub's about, come on out this coming Monday, Tempe Center of the Arts, and check it out. The first half of that Monday night class, I'm going to offer to you for free. So come on down. You know what? Leave your wallet in the car. Go, hey, this guy's going to, it's one of those deals where they say nothing costs anything. They're going to try to suck money out of me. Don't. Don't worry about that. Uh, don't bring any money if you don't want to. Okay? But you can check out the first half of the class this coming Monday, January 13th, for free. If you like what you hear and like what you see, then when we take the break, uh, we'll get you signed up. If not, you'll still have learned more. And we've made a new friend in uh, an hour, hour and a half. 
than you would doing anything else on a Monday night. So I hope we see you at our free audit. Find out all the information about that and how to get tickets to our shows, etc. by going to comedyschools.com. And hey, do this. Uh, I'm a Facebook guy more than a Twitter guy. Too much weird stuff on Twitter for me. Um, but uh, Tony Visick, V-I-C-I-C-H, become my friend on my Facebook page because we have a lot of info about upcoming shows, upcoming classes, and hopefully occasionally funny stuff on that page. So become my friend so we can share that with you. Okay? We're going to finish up. We're going to rock out. We're going to go next week, ladies and gentlemen, I promise, back a regular friend of ours, Jeff Ebegov, uh, former uh, executive producer of Roseanne, Grace Under Fire, co-executive producer of Two and a Half Men, and many more. He'll be back talking with us next Friday. Until then, my friends, stay well, stay happy, and stay inebriated, unless you're like me and in a 12-step program. Because then you drink enough. Stay inebriated the rest of your life. All right, that's it. We're gone. Bye-bye. Baby.